You're listening to the Just Giants podcast with Grump and the Cranky Fan. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and SoundCloud today. One point game. Here comes the blitz. Manning sidesteps. Manning throws deep, wide open. Bye bye, Beckham. Touchdown, Giants. Welcome back to Just Giants with Grump and the Cranky Fan, the best damn podcast for the best damn football team. I'm your host, the football grump, and with me, as always, is Mike the Cranky Fan. What's going on, Grump? We are only three and a half weeks away from the draft where we can stop, you know, the nonstop questions and innuendos and coach speak and all the different uh, things that go on this time of year. We can actually talk about how we are rebuilding the roster with real people. So another couple of weeks and we will be there. We will uh, hopefully be at MetLife Stadium at the draft party cheering or booing what the Giants actually do. Oh, yeah. Are we going to do that this year? Yeah, we're going to do that this year. Why not? For no other reason, just to see the reactions of our fellow Giant fans, how they melt down where, you know, they don't get the guy they want. So that's uh, That sounds like fun. You know what? I think we should, when the draft pick gets called, we'll, we'll do that live on Twitter. We could do that. Yeah, that'll be that'll be cool. We'll be around a bunch of people, and I we'll we'll have to see because one year we went and uh, we were on the field, and that mm-hmm. was that was night one. That was when we drafted. That's when we drafted uh, Eli Apple. Was it no was no, it no. Apple when, or... we, when we were on the field? That was when we drafted Beckham. When the the other year we went, the field was like turned into dirt for like motocross, and we were in the stands, and that's when we. Uh, drafted that, Eli Apple. That was the Apple one, correct. That's right. We were on the field for the Beckham one. Yes. Um, and I remember we were taking a tour of the locker rooms when the, when it started, and it was like, oh, Jadavian Clowney went first, right? Wasn't that that year, 2014? Yes, yes. <clears throat> Interesting stuff. So we'll have to see. I mean, when we were, when we were stuck inside for people who haven't gone, uh, I mean, like, it's cool, but if you're not going, it's, you're not really missing much. Uh, I mean, if you had a bunch of your bros around the TV with a couple of pizzas, it's probably just as fun. But, <laughs> uh, you know, when we went the year on the field, it was fun and they had like stuff to do, like like kids stuff. But it was still cool being a mix. And you're kind of mixed in with Jets fans, too. But when we were stuck inside, it was super lame. Yeah. Like there was a cover band. Like we couldn't yeah. even hear the TV. Well, they didn't have the TV on. They had the, they had the TVs muted, and they yeah. had some horrible cover bands. So it's like, you know, the whole point of going to the draft party is to watch the draft yeah. and follow. Nobody's the draft. there to hang out. Yeah, I, I don't need to hear some South Side Johnny imitation band or anything yeah. horrible like that. I don't need to hear Big Shot or Born <laughs> to Run or whatever crap. Yeah, band I was going to say the B Street Band. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I need to uh, I need to understand what's happening in the draft because you know everybody that's there has one thing in common. They don't even have the same team in common, but they all have one thing in common. They're there for the draft. It's not right. even a game. It's it's like it's it, it's you talking it's about practice. <laughs> not a game. It's safe to say if you're spending a Thursday evening commuting to yeah. the stadium. And, you know, putting on your Giant jersey or your Jet jersey because it's kind of a combined party. Yeah. Uh, you care enough about the league that you, you want to know. hear the fucking TV. Everything else is going on. <laughs> Even if it is Michael Irvin and Deion Sanders. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, like, that's why we're all there. I mean, otherwise, exactly. I'll just sit at home and watch it. But Yeah. So I hopefully- gripe. <laughs> we digress. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, you know, when when it's time to announce the pick, we'll we'll do that live, and that way everyone can see the the consensus reaction. And let me tell you, I guarantee you, people are not going to like it, no matter what the pick is. There will be oh. a group around us that hates it. Absolutely, I think people have these. You know, there's a contingent of Giants Nation that thinks that we can still compete for a playoff spot next year. There are people that are convinced that Eli Manning should play out the rest of his natural life as the quarterback. There are some people that think he should be gone two years ago. There are people that are going to be pissed if we don't draft a quarterback, drafted the wrong quarterback. We didn't trade up, trade down. We didn't trade for Josh Rosen, blah, 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 blah. So these nights are always interesting because you see the different opinions and a lot of the times you see – a lot of the ignorance and arrogance that is a sports fan. So The ignorance is funny because when we drafted Eli Apple, though it may not have been a popular pick, even whatever, but I think literally everyone that happened to be right around us in that moment went, who? It's like, yeah. Who? He was projected to be a first-round pick. He had a great combine. He played for Ohio State. What do you mean, who? <laughs> but whatever. Um, but you know that that is a fun fact that the uh, the year that Odell Beckham was drafted, uh, the cranky fan and I were on the field at MetLife Stadium, and uh, today Odell Beckham on April Fool's Day um, had his media day with Cleveland, where he kind of I don't know was on their Instagram or something I don't know, whatever they made a big hoopla about it, and I'm sure most of us, myself included, kind of wished it was an April Fool's joke. We'd find out today, but. Well, we will we will find out in a couple of years' time if this was an April Fool's on us or not, you know. But uh, Grump, it, it's something I want to bring up, and I'm going to preface this by saying I am not making any accusations, or nor do I know anything. So don't come hard on me here. But most of you people that are Giant fans are also Nick fans, and the news came out last night about Christos Porzingis and what allegedly took place the night he tore out his ACL. Now I need to go into the details of it. You guys, you know, you have Twitter, you have newspapers, you know what, what's been accused. My point being is that there was a very similar reaction in New York to the Porzingis trade as we had for the Beckham trade. This came out of left field. How can they do this? The guy is an icon, blah, 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 blah. My whole point is that you don't know all of the facts with everything as a fan. The media doesn't know all the facts. They are not in the room with the GM 24 hours a day on the phone with every phone call that they have with other GMs. They are not in the room every day with every player. So I am not at all equating what Przingis was alleged to have happened to what Odell Beckham you know, did or didn't do. My point is there may be something, a story that comes out later on that says it makes a little more sense why the Giants made this trade than him banging a French model or kicking a kicking net. Reaction, Grump. I think that's fair. I think that if there was an issue, it's it's not something like that magnitude, um, not something that might break in the media or anything like that. 
you know, and I, I've said this multiple times. I know other people have some. I don't think it's original that I've said this, but all actual reports are that he is loved in the locker room. Good guy. He's never really had an issue, not a real issue off the field. Nothing. You know, the most you could say probably was uh, a video that was like a year old where there might have been drugs at a party. But nothing incriminating and nothing came of it other than I think TMZ ran a story and nobody cared. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it, you know, if there's an issue that we don't know about, it's – I don't think it's something of that magnitude. It could be um, that, you know, maybe he is a little bit of a pusher with management. You know, maybe he's – him and his people. Well, it, could, it might not even be him. It could be his – Posse, his group of, you know, businessmen that are kind of pushing the organization to make moves for him, to make him look better, whatever. Shit, man, it could be as simple as the Lil Wayne interview. I mean, yeah, the Cranky Fan and I were eating lunch right before the game. When, we were in Charlotte, and, yeah. Yeah, and we were watching it like, what is he doing? This this is like, like I can't hear – the TV was muted. We couldn't hear it, but we're like just the optics of this is silly. This is this is an interview that he's doing with little a, and little when little Wayne was just sitting there and we just looked at each other we like, could hear the sound and we said this can't be good whatever this is yeah and really all it was it was just you know you know journalists for their credit they're they're asking questions to get a story to get a reaction for something shocking to say even if it's minor and they know they can stretch it to be oh maybe the, whatever so you know it's not the reporter's fault. You know, but like, what are you doing in that interview? You can decline an interview. You don't have to do that. Um, you know, and they're they're essentially asking him like, "Are you happy?" And he said something along the lines of like, "You know, I don't know if I'm happy in New York or nothing positive, nothing definitive." You know, and it just is ambiguous and vague. And you know, maybe it was enough with that. Like, you know, I I, I don't want to slander this. You know, I've there's plenty of evidence of me saying this like none of that shit bothers me i think it's all media nonsense and right you know on the field he's great off the field there's never been an issue i don't have a problem well um, but, 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 this is my this is my whole point is that yes he may be fantastic on the field and yes he might be like a minor pain in the ass or a major pain in the ass but we don't know everything and everything might be something major or minor that they just don't want to be in business with them anymore that's just unknown and just once whatever that is if it even is the case i mean i'm not guaranteeing or saying it's for sure that there's something that caused this trade it's just after the porzingis thing it said oh you know there is more information and more events that have happened that we don't know about and maybe that's the reason why they decided to part ways with Beckham. And again, I am not accusing him of anything. I have no knowledge of anything. And just because whatever that event is may or may not be of a criminal nature. It's just that if the story – if there ever was a tell-all autobiography by either Beckham or Gettleman or Mare or you know the, the owners of the, the, of the Browns, that maybe there is a piece to the puzzle that is unknown at this point that will make the trade make more sense. That's all I'm saying. It's, it's definitely possible. But, 
you know, I don't know how I feel. I mean, we'll, we'll have to see. And again, we'll we'll find out who the big winners and losers. I mean, like even we may never really find out who wins or loses this. I mean, when you think about the the Eli Manning trade, who won or lost? I mean, I think now you can say that the Giants won out on that. They didn't necessarily get the better quarterback, but they kind of won out on the deal. I would say uh, winning two Super Bowls over that time with you know quarterbacks that had roughly the same career, roughly the same longevity, roughly the same durability. Uh, you know, they the they had the potential the Chargers to win the trade with guys like Sean Merriman who were part of the I, deal. But, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. E P E D out. The, the thing is, is that the trade itself, if you eliminate everything else, who won it, really. One of the reasons why the Mannings didn't want to go there was that it was a poorly run organization. And it was other moves besides that trade that screwed that organization up. I mean, for the longest time, Philip Rivers is a great quarterback with a terrible team around him and just changed management, changed management, changed management, changed personnel. You know, just a mess over there. So, I mean, you know, had they had more sense, I think they could have won out. I think, you know, Philip Rivers certainly has the capability to win multiple Super Bowls. Well, you know, they, again, they had Sean Merriman was part of the yeah. trade. He was that draft pick, and he was on his way to becoming a pro bowler until he got busted for PEDs, and he never was the same again, and that was that. Um, but it's also – you can also make the argument that both teams won the trade. Yep, of course. I mean, you know, the Chargers got a franchise quarterback for 15 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so did the Giants. I mean, yeah, so it, it, there, it, I know, you know the media newspapers love to jump on winners and losers and giving grades – you know, in real time, terrible. The trade, ha- the trade happens immediately. Grade it. The draft, where you know we're in day one. Let's grade day one. You know, they they love to you know make assessments and a lot of people what they what they read in the paper. That's what they believe. You know, not everybody is you know spending months looking at the draft and looking at needs and looking at all these different things. So Yeah, and you know, I, I said that I wouldn't grade the trade because it's not done yet. You know, we got yeah. draft picks. We don't know what those draft picks are going to become. They could be packaged up for a, a megastar. They could be, you know, just a bunch of guys that become – and the other thing is that once we draft them, I'm still not going to grade it because I would not have been able to tell they you that AJ Hill would be starting by like week two and be an effective player last year. I would not have been able to tell you that. You know, I said that Lorenzo Carter by week eight might be pushing for a It was long before that, that Lorenzo Carter was making an impact on the field. You know, I, I, I can give you an initial grade on what I think Beckham is worth draft pick-wise, and then I can give you a grade immediately after the draft that says, you know, getting these guys theoretically is really good because this is where they're valued. But I can't give you a real true grade until like three years from now. Sure. So. Yeah. And shit, Beckham could tear his ACL and never be the same player again this year. And, you know, that may not be something you think about when you make a trade like this. Well, also, but, but- ultimately it affects how the trade turns out. Even, you know, both teams are on different trajectories right now. I mean, the, the Giants are really starting their rebuild right now, and the you know, the, the Browns are a little further ahead in their progress. So there's different needs. So, you know, they already have their quarterback of the future. You know, they are quite acquiring the assets they need now to make that 
jump from a winless team to a four-win team to expectations of making the playoffs next year. And in that crazy division, that's not so outlandish to even think about. No. But as we're talking about the draft, we're going to kind of segue into this week's topic, which is the linebacker position. We've already covered the edge rushers, so this is really just going to be inside linebackers, so this is not a super fun. There are definitely some names that have been connected to the Giants and that certain Giants fans have openly said that they would rather have than a quarterback, etc. And so we're going to kind of go over those. But for starters, I guess we should kind of go over... Uh, the position as it stands, right? Uh, our projected starters are probably Alec Ogletree and B.J. Goodson, both of whom are um, the the target for a fair amount of criticism, right? I mean, Ogletree isn't necessarily a bad player and certainly played, I think, stat-wise better than we expected. And the dude had like four interceptions or something like that. It was more than I thought he would get. Um, yeah. And I think two of them were for touchdowns or something like back to back weeks. But you well, know, goes, it goes back to the same thing we've been saying all along, where when you have to overspend to get talent because you didn't draft well, people are going to expect you to play to what the value of the contract is, yeah. not with the level of your talent necessarily. So people are quick to say they spend so much money and disappointed because he's not playing like a guy that makes you know x amount of dollars yeah and you know it's 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 a contract that was factored into a trade you know it's something that the giants considered when they made the trade but certainly not one i think dave gettleman would have given out right 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 but he did he was involved in the trade correct and again this was a move that had to be made as you switch from a 4-3 to a 3-4 a team that needs three linebackers to function now needs four and had zero to begin with. So correct. Right. Yeah. You can't just throw anybody off the street cause it'll be really, really ugly. Nevertheless. I mean, uh, there is certainly an argument to be made that Alec Ogletree should be, they need to plan for what they're going to do to replace him because his contract is unwieldy. You know, he's not that great of a player. So it's a fair, fair thing to say that they would rather have Devin White from LSU at the sixth pick than a quarterback. It's it's fair, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, being that he came out of LSU, the SEC. Uh, you know, what what's kind of your assessment of what you've seen of him? I mean, he's just another cog in a really really good defense. I mean, the guy is quick. The guy, you know, he can cover. He can he could be used all over the place. I mean. Is he the sixth pick in the draft? Eh, I don't know. I mean, I know it's a, it's a position of definitely intermediate to long-term need, and it's a way to you know be cheaper, but I'm not sure if he's the sixth pick in the draft. Yeah, I have to agree with that. And, you know, it's not just fans saying, like, the Giants won the sixth. Like, this is like it's, – it's almost – I think – uh, Benjamin Albright said Tampa Bay wanting Devin White at five is the worst kept secret in the draft. Like that's like a legit, legit thing. He may not even last to six, and I think he's really good, but he's not the best linebacker I've ever seen. You mm-hmm. know, I, I don't, I don't know if it's just that this whole class is not very good, but it doesn't seem that way. I mean, we have some great edge rushers. Some the entire Clemson front seven is fucking good. Uh, you know, I I don't understand why he's being coveted the way he's being coveted. He's definitely good, you know, 
But I mean, he's not the. He doesn't have but, a highlight reel like Jadavian Clowney did. You know, I know that this is like not a fair comparison, but like he doesn't have that clip of him just blowing somebody's helmet off, or you know, he doesn't jump off the tape. And even when I look back at last year's linebacker class with like Rashawn Evans, Roquan Smith, even you know, I just felt more comfortable with those players. I liked their tape a little bit more. They 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 jumped off the tape. It's not that Devin White does anything bad. It's that he just doesn't jump off the tape to me. I believe the the Bucks are all in for him when I see it too. Again, because we we spent how much time last week talking about smoke screens, mm-hmm. and you know, I'm not all of a sudden going to believe that we're smoke screaming and every other team is, you know, dropping their pants. So, yeah, I mean, I. I said before that Tampa Bay is not the smartest organization. No. <laughs> Teams that don't make the playoffs in a decade usually are not smart organizations and and keep their GM for extended period of time during said drought. Yeah, I, and I mean, they make some questionable choices, I would say. Uh, you know, the, the fact that they took Vita Vea last year in the first round at 12, who I had as one of my most overrated picks last year, I just didn't see it. He was just a run stuffer at best. I don't think he really panned out all that much. I mean, maybe I'm not remembering right, but... Wasn't he hurt for a little bit, too? Yeah, probably. But he's a big guy, too. I mean, but just, just you know, for comparison, Derwin James fell to 17. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would have much rather have Derwin James than Vita Vea. But yeah. yeah, I would say so. Just me, I guess, but... <laughs> Yeah, I you know I don't I don't know what Tampa Bay. It wouldn't shock me if they were so locked in on a pick that they didn't even have a backup plan if they were jumped, you know, or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. But you know, I I do like Devin White. I, I, I this is not meant to shit on him. I just you know I would feel comfortable with him at seventeen as good value, but it just seems to be that he is not even a consideration at that point. Or I could see, you know, if they really like the guy, maybe trading down a little bit, maybe and trying to get in some more draft picks too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, personally, I have a first round grade. I'm a high first round. I would say top fifteen pick, but I, I just don't know why he's a top five pick. I, I'm not really sure what it is. I, I do like. I, I would say of all the linebackers in this draft, he seems to have the highest IQ and best instincts. He definitely. There's not a whole lot of time wasted of him trying to figure out what's happening and diagnosing the play. He definitely knows where he's supposed to be and what to do. The other guy that's, that's being considered is a uh, Michigan linebacker, Devin Bush. Um, I would say more athletic than Devin white. Um, he doesn't have the same kind of side. I mean, that's the biggest thing hurting him is that he's only five eleven. Um, I guess what I would say is that that's one inch different than Devin white. You know, I, I don't see that as being as huge of an issue as everybody else does. The bigger thing is that I think his instincts are a little bit slower. You know, I th- I believe that he transitioned from safety. Um, I believe you're right. Yeah. Yeah. I think he was recruited uh, as a safety. Yeah, and he just he kind of just put on some weight, and <laughs> yeah. now now he's now he's a really good cover linebacker. Mm-hmm. So I think he's better in coverage than Devin White. I think. You know, he got exposed a little bit by trying to cover guys like Paris Campbell, which he shouldn't do. But right. I mean, you you wouldn't do in the NFL. But um, I, I think he's a really good blitzer too. I think he can kind of like run in there. My bigger thing is that it's not his size height wise; it's his size size wise. Uh, you know, I think that 
if he were to, you know, get get in the way of a guard or a, or a center, he would have a lot of trouble shedding that block. And that's something he's really going to have to, you know, his his size is what it is, and he can work around it, but he's going to have to hit the weight room hard. Mm-hmm. To, but, but um, well, I mean, so you, again, you didn't get a look at Devin Bush, right? Because he sat out. The he bowl he game, sat right? out the bowl game. So for those people out there that find that as a red flag because he didn't play in, in a bowl game, so be it. I I personally, I tend to agree with these guys for not playing, whether it's someone on my own team or someone I'm playing against or just a random bowl game. I, you know, bowl games are meaningless. There is no sense in risking your future and your your bank account for a meaningless game. That's me. So I don't, I don't take anything, you know, I don't hold it against them at all. Some people do, um, but I don't think NFL executives do either. Um, to your point about putting on some weight and having to get into the weight room, you know, this is the NFL. That's their job to do that. So it's, of course, you know, the upper tier college programs like a Michigan have great weight room facilities, have great nutritionists and everything, but it's not in the same universe as what the NFL can provide. They can, mm-hmm. you know, you have X amount of time you can spend with a student athlete on campus. There's rules around how much interaction you can have with coaches and working out the NFL. That's your life. That's your job. And you know, that, that doesn't, when I see that someone needs to put on some weight or something, I always assume it's going to get done as long as they have that inner drive, which is something that you try to find out during the interview process. Does they have the, you know, the willpower and the uh, determination to make that commitment in the weight room? And um, we'll see. Well, one of the positives you could say is that he already made that commitment by switching from safety. Yeah. I mean, getting a kid, convincing a kid that he will be better playing a position that he's not native to it's not an easy feat. I mean, you know, that's tough. And You're dealing with a lot you know, of egos, guess. yeah. Yeah. And uh, allegedly, apparently Harbaugh or somebody got him to do it and he's already he's already done it. I mean, you know, I would think that he'll be fine. He has that inner drive to be the best he can be. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's important to note that like what they're looking for is somebody to pair along with BJ Goodson at least for now. They need somebody who can blitz cover line people up you know they don't have to necessarily be thumpers in the run game mm-hmm. but they do they do have to like play better in the past game cover that short intermediate i mean which was a big problem I, last year last century <laughs> i mean li- listen giants fans red alert jason witten has come out of retirement this year <laughs> you know something if he was wearing his monday night football suit he probably could have uh Shed found some shed, yeah. shed our linebackers last year. So <laughs> yeah, so you know one of the guys who's kind of high up on draft boards is Trey Lamar from Clemson. I don't really not that he's bad in pass coverage, but I just don't think that that's what they're looking for right now. I mean, he's a thumper. I mean, he is B.J. Goodson. Now, if they decide that B.J. Goodson because he's a prior regime draft pick, he's had some injury issues. If they want to upgrade from him, then you know maybe maybe Trey Lamar is their guy. I really think that they're going to look more about Devin White, Devin Bush, Mac Wilson, uh, even Jermaine Pratt from NC State. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you you know under the radar guy, so he might fall a little bit Who's for it? those who 
There's that NC State again. You know, we keep talking every week about these guys, and NC State mm-hmm. always pops up last year and this year. You know, it's just amazing that they are, you know, the individual talent they have hasn't translated into, you know, better win loss <laughs> record and being a better program, quite frankly. Yeah. I mean, it might be coaching. I, I, I couldn't really tell you. And, you know, the, the ACC has some real disparity in its top shelf and its bottom floor yeah it's top shelf um, has one team that's you know you it's very fair to say is the e- equivalent of alabama at this point yeah they don't quite recruit as well but i think they do a better job and you can tell me this because of all the film you watch mm-hmm. you know clemson is not on the recruiting level of, of bama but i think they do a better job of developing their players than bama does um, I I think it depends on a position. I, I think the defensive line they they were able to get some like Cleveland Farrell as a freshman was a fucking monster. You know that that defensive front has been what it is for three years now, and mm-hmm. it's, it's been like the same fucking guys. Yeah. Like I I think that you know I feel like they're twelfth year seniors at this point. I mean, just the way that Florida is able to produce you know defensive backs, it's one of those things. Like, do you want to be? Do you want to go to DBU? You know, do you want to be part of that? Right. So it's it might be Clemson with the the defensive line. Like, do you want to be part of that tradition, that defense? I mean, as far as I know, and, and you know, to a certain extent, wide receivers. But like, it's same thing with Ole Miss and wide receivers, right? Well, you always you also say quarterbacks too at Clemson. I mean, you know, Deshaun Watson yeah, oh, was you know, true, arguably the most exciting best player in college football his his junior year, and now Trevor Lawrence might be the best quarterback in the country as a true freshman. Yeah. Might have been, might honestly, might be the best quarterback I've seen in college since Peyton Manning. They, I'm, they look very not similar. Exaggerating. They look very yeah. similar in body size and delivery. It's a good comparison, Trevor Lawrence and and um, Peyton. I mean, just their body type, their delivery, the way they kind of conduct themselves on the field. They, he looks, he's the closest I've seen to a quarterback look like Peyton Manning. Now, don't confuse that with. Uh, accomplishments achievements and what he you know can do on the field just the way he kind of looks on the field is very very similar to Peyton yeah and I would say poise the man looks comfortable yeah I say man it's it's hard to even imagine that he's like what 18 19 he's yeah he's a true freshman so he's probably man maybe 19 he's still he's still two years away from being allowed to go to a bar think about that yeah that's crazy (laughs) yeah um so yeah, I guess you could say Clemson quarterbacks too. But yeah, I I agree with your assessment. Alabama is a recruiting powerhouse. That's a team thing. It doesn't matter what position you play. For Clemson, it might be part of a thing. Yeah, they've also Clemson has had the same core of assistant coaches longer than Bama has. I mean, you know, Saban's been there for over ten years, but he has gone through several offensive and defensive coordinators. Um, yeah. It's kind of your ticket to better jobs, you know, head coaching jobs and other things. So, there's one other guy I want to mention, and you know, it's one of those things where the Giants might go—I don't want to say dumpster diving, but for value diving. <laughs> when I was watching for a couple weeks ago, I don't, maybe it was last week. Whenever we did safeties, I think it was two. I weeks was, ago. Yeah. yeah, I was watching Darnell Savage from Maryland. And particularly in the the Ohio State game where they they nearly won, mm-hmm. somebody else jumped off the page, and that was Trey Watson. 
inside linebacker from Maryland. Um, he just it doesn't look pretty. He just shows up. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I can't I can't point to his workouts and say that he's the fastest guy or that he's going to be able to run sideline to sideline. But he just showed up for me, and, and you know. Some being a ball hawk is a thing that I can't point to anything except film. Mm-hmm. He just manages to be around plays. He he fucks things up for the offense. He just <laughs> he gets in there. He clogs up running lanes. You know he gets a hand on a pass, or he's just he takes away an underneath receiver for long enough that you can see the quarterback wants to go there as an outlet, and then he gets sacked. You know, don't be surprised if you know round three, round four, this name comes up and he winds up being somebody you hear maybe this year, maybe next year. You know what I mean? It might not be right away, but well, get him in. What I get him yeah, in loves ahead. he loves football players. He loves guys who love to play football. So this sounds like you know a classic example of that of a guy. Like you said, the the measurables don't make the guy; it's the intangibles. So maybe this is a guy that he likes. Yeah, and and you know what I started to read up on him. You know, obviously I watched film of his, uh, but when I was reading up on him, he led the Big Ten in tackles. I mean, that's that's a big deal. I mean, sure. that's not nothing. And he had five interceptions for an inter- inside linebacker. That's pretty crazy too for sure. college. Sure, sure. So. Again, don't be surprised. He's the real deal. He's 6'2", 235 pounds. That's, that's, you know, not bad. I mean, you put on 10 more pounds, you you can start. 10 pounds, you can get that by, uh, you know, OTAs. That's that's no big deal. Yeah, easy. So, um, Give me a weekend. I can show you how to do that real quick. Yeah. And, uh, you know, apparently his name popped up at the East-West Shrine, which I pay a little bit less attention to than the Senior Bowl, but, you mm-hmm. know, I, I guess I should. But, you know, just Trey Watson, just we'll, we'll see if I'm wrong about this, but he definitely showed up for me. Um, but, yeah, you know, other than that, the free agent market, there's not much out there. You know, Zach Brown was cut by the Redskins. I don't know that that's really something that we're not really in the free agent business. So the other guy I would really watch is former Cardinal Josh Bynes simply because <laughs> the connection former Cardinal. Yeah, yep. the, the pipeline can, could potentially continue. And again, we've we've discussed the reasons why we're okay with this on a short-term basis to Sure. You know, it it just speeds the development of getting the defense installed with this team. Mm-hmm. It make it makes it easier, you know, drills go faster. You're not spending as much time in the install. And then as you segue away from guys that have been there into newer players, it makes that transition easier. Yeah. Makes perfect sense. You, you you have them help the coaches, you know. Sure. When the co- the coaches can't be in your ear all the time, but your fellow players will be. Absolutely. You know, when you go back to, you know, after practice, you know, you hang out with your with with the guys. The the guys who want to be there will continue to talk football, so they'll talk to each other and get themselves uh, straightened out. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's all we got though. Um, be sure to follow us on Twitter. I'm football at football underscore grump where I will kind of give you my full breakdowns of all these players in a thread, you know, maybe Tuesday, Wednesday. You can catch me as always at the cranky fan where I'll be talking about my two first place teams, my Tampa Bay lightning and four in one Tampa Bay Rays first place. Take that all you Yankee and Red Sox fans out there. Suck it. Talk about overreaction <laughs> season. 
<laughs> um, and listen, I'll take it. Yeah. And as always, you can find the podcast on Twitter at Just Giants Pod. You can find it on iTunes, Podbean, and SoundCloud. And like we said, as we promise every week, we will be expanding our reach. We are just lazy and forgetful during the week. So, oh no, it's it's, we'll it's definitely coming up by by the NFL draft episode. It will be well, there will be will, additions. Yeah, we will be blanketing the internet. The world wide web will be ours conquered with just giants (laughs) (laughs) all right everyone go giants go giants